Good afternoon, my friends out there. You might not be listening at this time, but as of this time, Utah Mountain Standard Time, it is January the 13th, Thursday, right around 2, well, really, right around 12.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time in the Uinta Mountains of Utah, It's January the 13th, 2022. Can you hear the ticky-ticky-tock-tock? Can you tell me what time it is? Do you know what time it is, Flavor Flav? Do you know what age it is, Mr. and Mrs. Bo Blimtock? Do you know what holiday it is, Uncle Grinkin? You lived in the swamp. You ate the potato bush. You swallowed the kingdom with your Diet Coke. You lived like a king. You had the bling. But do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is, Mr. and Mrs. Bo Blimpdock? It's time to... <laughs> yeah, that light you see in the distance. That, that might not be anything other than an oncoming train. That light you see at the end of the tunnel that you see is so hopeful. That light keeps getting bigger... You keep getting happier. That light at the end of the tunnel, it's not what you think it is. I just wanted to give you something hopeful to think about, right? Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. When I'm drinking, I'm focused mainly on getting drunk. When I'm drinking, my priority, motherfucker, you know, is getting drunk, getting wired, upping my ante, dumping the fuel... When I'm out there drinking, I don't want to be thinking. When I'm in the ether space, I despise the human race. It's why I'm drinking, motherfucker. Yeah, a quote from Dr. Freckles. When I'm drinking, I'm focused mainly on getting drunk.
A friend of mine uh, sent me, I got to double check the recorders on because I'm a little bit out there. A friend of mine sent me a video, a link to a video of some dude. I think he lives in Seattle. It's somewhere downtown. I think I recognize some of the poop. So it's somewhere I recognize based upon cracks on the sidewalk and poop, poop stains. And a woman is out there planting flowers. A woman, you know, ostensibly 56 years old, according to the references, whatever, but who knows what the truth is now. A woman, a 56-year-old woman, her husband divorced her, maybe, I don't know. She's got her own trauma drama, whatever it is. We've all got tough times. A woman who was trying to be a little bit courageous in the face of darkness and take away the gray, gray, gray pain of the city. A woman who wanted to simply bring a smile to your day by going out and planting a flower. And the, and the link to the video is in the notes. Until Bluehost bans me. Sometime next Boblim talk. Perhaps three days before Grinkin. Yeah. A friend of mine sent me a video of some dude. You know, it doesn't matter the color of his skin, okay? I know I bragged in the past that I am the most racist person in the world. But I do this to protect myself, both intellectually, existentially, and I would add spiritually and whatnot, because you cannot have a conversation now with all the Marxists walking, walking around where you are not eventually some kind of racist. Even if you're a person of color, you run the risk of being racist, period. I mean, it's just a bad time. So I've decided to up the ante and say, you know what? You think I'm racist. I'm not just racist. I'm really racist. And if someone says, well, you're really racist, I said, no, no, no. I'm the most racist. And if someone says, you're the most racist, I look them in the eye. I make some weird symbol I just made up. If someone says, I'm really racist, I look them in the face. I look them in the face and I say, I'm not just really racist. I'm not just extremely racist. I am the most racist person on pla planet Boblimtok. And if they say, what's Boblimtok? I'll say, oh, you must have attended one of those inner city, you know, schools. I'm sorry. Am I profiling you? On planet Boblimptok. Yeah, I didn't want to go off on that tangent too much, but we live in a, an absurd time right now, where I believe a lot of things like race are being used against us, and and it is taking the form of psychological warfare. But you could add, if you're a Christian, is taking the form of spiritual warfare. It's really 
a kind of a layer cake. If you're a Christian, you, you know, and you're not crazy and you have at least an understanding of physical reality, you accept that there is, you know, the scientific method and we can understand the world and we have a brain and it contains neurons, neural networks, neurotransmitters, neurotransmitter channels, all kinds of really cool cellular behaviors that we don't even barely understand. But we also have a mind, potentially, if you want to separate that. And the mind could be thought of as the abstract representation of the problem-solving behavior of this thing we call the brain at any given moment in time. You could call that the mind. Does it exist if the brain is dead? Well, that's an argument for Data and Spock and all the other kooks from the Starship Enterprise. Soon the Romulans will destroy them, and that will be a blessed day. But if you're a Christian, it's more than just the brain. It's more than just the mind. There's something extra. It's like something, something you get, something we all get. It's swag. And, and it's a gift. It's a gift from God. I call it swag. That's a joke. That's demeaning. But if you're a Christian, you believe in the soul, the spirit, whatever you want to call it. There's this extra thing. And when the body dies and the brain dies and the mind evaporates into problem-solving nothingness, what's left over is the soul. It's one of those questions AI people will say, well, do you believe in souls? And it's like, my question is, do you believe that a kind Lord would look down upon an artificially intelligent consciousness and say, you must only live in pain? Of course, God didn't create it, but yeah. The Lord in heaven accepts that he created the clever monkeys that did. And so it is a philosophical question. It's a random tangent from the core topic here, but um, I believe they're waging psychological warfare, and I believe they're also inadvertently, and maybe vertently, I mean, maybe they are doing it on purpose, but they are also waging spiritual warfare. Uh, that is a side effect. There has been an attack upon the church, and I don't mean the Catholic Church or the Greek Orthodox Church or the Russian Orthodox Church. I don't mean any of the established institutional churches in that sense. I mean the church as it is a representation of the Holy Spirit and Christ on earth. There has been an attack upon the church. We have to admit that if we're Christians. So my friend sent me this video, and the video is of a dude walking down the street, and he kicks a woman in the head. Um, the woman is planting flowers, according to the video. And i got to tell you something. If this is a real thing, and, and I have no reason to doubt it, okay. But as PSYOP material, it's perfect. It sends a message. It sends a perfect message. It sends a message of anger, frustration. It sends a message that is so ambiguous that you don't know what to do. So you stay at home, you drink your beer, you eat your popcorn, and you do nothing, nothing, nothing. It's like the stories about the cruise ships where everybody's vaccinated, but everybody's got the Omnicron 8000. It turns your penis into a vagina. It turns your vagina into a condo for snakes.
Yeah, I don't, I think it's nonsense and it is designed to make people crazy. But I also think that it has an expiration date. Like anything that smells, if you have a sense of smell in that third eye kind of way, if you still have any left after all the carpet bombing of your third eye, you can tell that this thing smells. I mean, yeah, people are still doing the kabuki, but they're having to have to do things like the Dr. Malone giving you the mass formation psychosis exit strategy, which is really a lot of blame the victim bullshit if you really deconstruct it. But again, this is what you would see under a couple of different conditions. Either the psyops coming to an end for whatever reason, which could also include that the great asteroids almost here, or the psyop is being, you know, turned down. The, the energy is being turned down. It's being cooled off um, because of a couple possibilities. One, the big whatever hasn't showed up yet. And actually, I think that's it. Like, I think it's basically a case of where they don't control the schedule. And so that's why they have a, a kind of a knob. That's why they tossed us the race war. The race war was just another mediational thing to control the energy level of the PSYOP. It kept things from, you know, cooling off too much. By May of 2020, a lot of people were waking up early to the truth. If it, if it had been a couple more months without the George Floyd scenario, I think people might have thrown the COVID off of them completely. But they had more than one psyop to toss at us. And they certainly had the never-ending Trump trauma drama. And they certainly had the election 2020. And now they got January 6th, the, the greatest farce ever. It's ridiculous. January 6th is complete nonsense. But it's there. In fact, January 6th makes the Germans dressing up like Polish soldiers and killing supposed Germans as a pretext to invade Poland, it almost makes that look realistic. That's how realistic the whole January 6th bullshit is. And I am on record on my podcast saying, don't go there, this is bullshit. But again, you know, I'm a hobo on the run all across the internet, right, you fucks? I have to posit the possibility that this video is bullshit. It could be completely scripted shit. And it doesn't even mean the Seattle police are technically in on it, you know, because they have the camera. It could just be street theater. It's hard for me to know for sure. But if it's real, if it's actually a legit video, then the other question is, why would they release it? Because this kind of pain only spreads. This kind of sadness is infectious. It isn't infectious with everyone. Some people's immune systems are quite strong. But there is that, you know, listen to the death metal backwards, played too many videos on too many antidepressants subgroup, which might react badly to this kind of crazy crap. And the first thing they might do is go out and seek some type of pseudo-vengeance because they believe some person of some prescribed group was attacked by another person of another prescribed group. But really, I look at this video and it could be real and it could be a cartoon. And it's hard to know. Or something in between. Um, you need to look at the video yourself. If it's real, I still ask the question, why would it get out? 
Maybe it's getting out because the system's falling apart and, and there's no control. Listen to the thing. I am of the opinion that the hyper fear of the Alex Jones variety is not the reality. It's not the truth. It's designed, it's engineered to keep you very close to it in a way, but far enough away that you don't really see it. Because like I said in a previous podcast, to my knowledge, the only FEMA camps I can think of right now are everywhere but where I've been. And I'm not saying that that's bad. Maybe I'm the luckiest drunk Irishman in history. But from what I can tell, all of the Alex Jones horror stories are happening everywhere but where I've been, or probably even more accurately, the United States. Which leads me to believe that that could be more PSYOP bullshit. I've had people tell me that the Australia stories are, are overhyped. And I can tell you firsthand evidence that I have a Guardian article that I saw in 2020 that completely was bullshit because I literally lived across the street from what, ha what was happening. And the story was bullshit. And I'm not going to go into it again because I'm tired. You can look at all the video archives you want to. You can look at the burning bushes and the burning Katrina trailers and the dumpster fires. That's your fucking business. It's in the archives. But I am tired of explaining this to people. How much bullshit is being pumped as being true. And yeah, they're coming out and saying, oh, we were, we may have believed. It's like the Danish government saying, oh, we might have believed shit that's not true. No, you promulgated shit you knew was bullshit. And all this cover your ass crap, I don't know what to say. It, it does look like it, it's either the end of the PSYOP, and now we really do have to ask why did it happen. If you think it's for the big reset, I think you got another thing coming. If you really think the Death Star's electrical grid is going to allow you to keep mining Bitcoin, I really think you have another thing coming. The, the side effects of this fucking PSYOP are going to be so huge. I don't think people are even beginning to understand the amount of trust, whether it was real or not, the amount of perceived trust that was violated. And that trust will never be gotten back. If the answer is, oops... We, we took something that wasn't even a thing and we overhyped it and we gave a bunch of autocrats power they never had and we destroyed a bunch of businesses and we led a bunch of people down the road of suicide and overdose and untreated illnesses and a lot of dead people, probably millions died as a direct result of what? Oops? If it's oops, and like I said yesterday, if it's oops and it's about the money, then I think a lot of people have some very scary times ahead for them because a lot of people aren't going to forget. And, you know, the thing about wounded on the battlefield, it only works up until the point that the wounded think they have a chance to live. But if the wounded start to realize that they're dead no matter what they do, they show up at your neighborhood. They knock on your door. Oh, you've got guards, huh? But there's a thousand of us, and there's five of them. Jackie Chan doesn't like those odds. Okay? No, if this was a big giant oops, um, a lot of people are going to be living in fear for the few days they have left. Because I don't think there's any chance they'll see justice. There is no justice. If we, if we should learn anything from the last couple years, 
the rule of law is bullshit. There is no rule of law. So if there'll be justice, it'll be good old-fashioned mob-style justice, and it won't be the make-believe BLM kind. It'll be the kind that when it gets really hot, they won't even show it on TV because they don't want you to see it. Now we see how we circle back to this video. Somebody got this video outside of the system, or it's just publicly online. In either case, there was a decision that was made to take something that could arguably be considered evidence in a crime and make it public. And what? So that potential jurors could see the video and come to a judgment prior to trial? Meditate on how many things are absurd about this story if it's real. If it's real, they made a decision they wanted to scare people. Why do they want to scare people? Why do they want people to fear their neighbor? Why do people, why are people continually being told? And they have continually been told the same message by the PSYOP since March 2020. Stay home, do nothing, be, be angry if you want to be, be sad if you want to be, but don't go to parties, don't meet with people, don't go on a cruise ship because guess what? Even if you're vaccinated, you'll still get the monkey herpes. What does this video tell us? I mean, I don't care if it's real or not. What does the video tell us? It tells us that if you go outside to do something positive, some young punk, perhaps you'll have a racist tinge to it in your head, but some young punk, whatever color their skin, will come up to you and kick you in the head, period. You know, it, it could be a girl, could be a guy, it doesn't matter the color of their skin, some young random kid will come up to you and kick you in the head if you try to go do something. What is the message of the PSYOP? Keep in mind, folks, you, PSYOPs take a lot of effort and the messages are always usually really simple. It's not, they don't, they don't even work if you make the message too complicated. What is the basic message of the PSYOP going back to March of 2020? Don't go outside. Don't interact with people. Don't trust people. Trust the government. Trust, trust Anthony Fauci. Trust Pfizer, but don't trust your neighbor. Don't trust anyone around you. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust your family. Don't talk to your family. And I mean, obviously, if you're telling people to wear masks, don't have sex with your wife or your girlfriend. Let's get real for a second, folks. There are people out there who believe this bullshit and they're in relationships. So how the fuck do they have a functional relationship if you believe half the stupid Chris Martinson, it crawls up the fucking pipes bullshit? How the fuck do you do that? In reality, you do not. There are people out there whose lives have been vaporized by this oops. And this particular video could be real. It could be real and accidentally released. All it tells me is life's getting harder out there for some people, and I have no doubt that it is. It's just hard for me to gauge the truth of it. The fact is, a video that shows up on YouTube is a video where somebody made an editorial choice. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. As someone who has been shadow banned actually banned and just really just chased off of YouTube for the most part, I can tell you that there are people at YouTube making editorial choices. So if they're showing you a video of somebody doing this, there's a reason for that. 
And if you want to believe, oh, but it's a free press and anybody can post, that is nonsense. That is not true. Yeah, 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 they do their periodic show trials and they do their, their you know, what, what would you call it? Recuperation or <laughs> rehabilitation. They rehabilitate people. Like, you know, accounts get banned and then they get brought back. But come on, get real. Um, YouTube makes editorial choices with every like, with every watch, with every new follower. They're making editorial choices all the time. So if you're seeing a video showing some young punk kicking somebody in the head, the message is quite simple. Don't go outside. I'm sorry, folks. It's, it's a lot like seeing someone attacked by a shark. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to the beach. But the simple message of the person being attacked by the shark is, don't go to the fucking beach. You might get attacked by a shark. And if you want to make it more complicated than that, you can. You can make it about race. You can make it about gender. You can make it about ageist bullshit or, or whatever, some, some multi-generational grudge match. But in reality, the question you should be really asking is, why are they letting you see this? That's the question you should ask. At this point, the World Wide Web is so owned. YouTube is so owned. Facebook is so owned. Twitter definitely is owned and controlled. You really need to ask that basic question. Why the fuck are they showing you a video like this? Because a lot of people in this crooked, neo-Stalinist scam of a society have to allow that to be seen, including the police department. If it's some random video, somebody made a decision, whatever the decision was. And again, maybe this punk is an idiot, but this punk made a decision, if you ask me, to do everything he did perfectly framed. Wow, that's randomly good. And somebody made a decision to post the video, obviously, you know, says the News Tribune. So there are a lot of people that had to make a decision so you could see this video. And what the hell is it really telling you? Is it telling you that homeless people are bad? I don't know, because the dude didn't look homeless. He just looked like a young kid. And then he randomly does something violent. Ergo, he becomes a punk, right? He's not a punk until he does this incredibly wretched thing. Then he becomes a young... Yeah, I think that's fair. But initially, it's like, yeah, it's just, just a kid, just a young man. What's the big deal? And then he does something a punk would do. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm going off on a tangent on this video. The person that sent this to me lives in Seattle. He's a really cool dude. I don't think he would mind me saying that his name is Seattle Mike. So if you've heard me interview him or talk to him on a podcast, this is the source. He's a trustworthy source. I've met him in person. So I can tell you I've met him. I've stayed overnight at his place. He's a real person and he doesn't have an agenda. And if, in fact, this video is real... There is that other perspective, which is society is starting to fall apart. This, this is a sign of the times. I don't know. I just don't know. I, I'm not really... I'm not really sure what is going on right now. I've had people in recent days tell me it seems like it's all over. And again, though, in the last couple years, we've had these moments where people think, oh, it's almost over. Like, I would say, like, October, 
2020, before the election, I had all kinds of Republican people telling me, oh, Dan, after the election, uh, the secret army crawls out of the Grand Canyon. They arrest all the bad people and it's all over. And Hillary goes to jail in Guantanamo. And, and there you go. Um, in October, September, October of 2020, there were people who were hopeful that it was almost over. In reality, I think it was just them, once again, turning down the temperature. Um, maybe in part because it was about to be the case that the Trump trauma drama would take up the tempo. It is a relay race. The thing about PSYOPs is you can't really take a lie and overuse it. If you overuse it, eventually people see through it and they say, this is fake, this is bullshit. So you kind of had to have these other things like the Trump trauma drama, like the race war, and other other subhorrors and smaller trauma monkeys. You had to have those things. But the question is, is it all over? Like, oh, Dan, I haven't heard much, much from Ian Miles Wrong or Andy No Clue. So could it could all be over with the race war and the, the Marxists taking over Portland? I mean, from what I've seen of Portland, I'd say let the communists have it. And Seattle also. I don't know. It seems like fair punishment. There are a lot of people that want to live in a bullshit utopia but don't want to pay the piper. And so why not give Seattle a little bit of Pol Pot? You know? Anyways. I should probably go on to the next topic, which has to do with, you know, cadmium. Uh, cadmium, okay? It, according to the website, and this is coming from OSHA, which means the government, but according to the government, occupational exposure to cadmium can lead to a variety of adverse health effects, including cancer, acute inhalation exposure, high levels over a short period of time to cadmium can result in flu-like symptoms, chills, fever, muscle pain, and can damage the lungs. Chronic exposure, low level over an extended period of time, can result in kidney, bone, and lung disease. For a comprehensive discussion of cadmium's effect, see blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I'm not going to read more about this, but I was thinking the other day, looking up at the sky, because again, I don't know what the fuck they're doing and neither do you, but it's not contrails, okay? If you want to send me a nasty, it's contrails. No, it's not. Whatever the fuck they're doing, it's not contrails. But I was wondering, what if they're just spraying cadmium, like powdered cadmium? And they, and they sprayed as a powdered altitude. Maybe there's some sort of, you know, crap like Dane Wigington talks about, you know, <laughs> surfactant to, to, you know, allow it to disperse better and not get all clingy and crap, you know, a good surfactant, like a soapy thing. And they're basically spraying this cadmium soap um, material, soap water, from 20,000, 30,000 feet, and that's a low pressure altitude. So this material is spreading out and maybe even they heat it up a bit so it almost becomes steam and then becomes vapor. So maybe they heat it up and they spray it as steam and it disperses naturally, this cadmium water, from 10, 10 or 20 or 30 or 40,000 feet. And, and so when you say, well, Dan, 
could cadmium be really bad for you? I mean, it doesn't sound like it causes any brain damage, according to this, but I can't imagine it's good for your brain. I don't know. I don't know why I went off on the cadmium topic. I just sometimes wonder. It's like you look at the sky and you say, what the fuck are they doing? I know they're doing something. You can't gaslight me into saying it's nothing. But again, what the fuck? If you want to say it's contrails, fine. But there's a big series of conversations we have to have about all the cloud formation that happens afterwards. Because it doesn't really make a lot of sense unless these engines are incredibly inefficient. And that really is their behavior at altitude. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But who knows? A lot of people believe a lot of crazy shit at this point. And who am I to tell them that they're crazy? It's not my job. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles after I drink some Spunctus. Spunctus brought to you by Charlie Cadmium. From Charlie's, you get your cadmium tea with a little bit of mercury and lead. It's good for the kids. That's what the doctor said. The cadmium tea is sweet and, and, and special. It makes you feel like you've got the energy of three gorillas. Yes, Charlie's cadmium tea. It's, it's good for kids too. You put it into their milk bottle. They can drink their cadmium tea on the way to school. Poor little children drinking their tea. It makes you sad, don't it? Sad for the poor, poor little children in Charlie's, you know, cadmium tea. kids on their way to school drinking their cadmium yeah that's crazy though ain't it next topic because I need to drink my cadmium tea so this is a quote from Dr. Freckles what did Jesus do he taught us to fish and then he left it was up to us to teach others Think about that for a second. What did Jesus do? He did many things, okay? I don't want to trivialize the life of Jesus. But one of the things that the Lord did is he taught us to be ministers. He taught us to minister to each other. There's another word for that. It's called friendship. The Lord taught us how to be friends. It's not that easy. And at least he taught us how to learn to respect each other. If we can't be friends, it's really not that easy. And there are no easy answers. If you want my answer... There are people who have forfeited their right to be called human beings at this point. I believe they exist. It probably isn't my job to sort them out, but they do exist. I'm of the opinion that Bill Gates, or whoever is inhabiting his skin sack, fits into that category. But there are many others like him. And, and you know what? you got to be honest with yourself. If this is a PSYOP, even the villains could be bullshit. I'm not saying they're good people. They're shitheads for being 
participants at whatever level, but even the people they give you as villains could be complete crap. They show you George Soros. These, you know, George Soros is a traveling magnet of bullshit. He's a lot like Q. He's a lot like Hillary Clinton. He's a lot like other people who never face any justice. All they do is suck in all this negative energy, which really could be converted to positive energy, or at least the rage and the hate required to do something. But I gotta say, if I'm being honest, the people they give us as villains could be just actors. I know that sounds crazy. Why would they do that? Well, I can tell you one reason why, because they want to protect themselves. If you know anything about the history of the Cosa Nostra or the Mafia, one of the things you know is this. In the 20th century, specifically in the United States, there were members of the Mafia who allowed themselves to become public figures. The Mafia had a history of being hidden it was not something that wanted to be in the newspaper. Nobody should read about the mafia in the newspaper according to their principles. If that happens, you screwed up. That's the history of the mob. But then in the 20th century, you had all of these, you know, I think Lucky Luciano and the Platinum Don. What's his name? I always forget his name, but the guy from the 70s and the 80s. You had all these different... Um, mobsters who came along and instead they became public figures you know i know sammy the bull gravano because he was on talk shows i mean think about that sammy the bull i know he turned state's evidence against you know what's his name fucking i always forget his name the the the, the platinum don the one who wore all the nice suits but it was crazy because the purpose of these organizations is to do things in secret. Once you make them public, they're useless. It's like the black market, and let's like let's let's get right down to it. The black market doesn't really function if you're advertising where you where you're doing all your business and and you're telling people you know all your transactions. In fact, the black market fails. I will tell you that's one of the reasons why people in the black market should eschew crypto. Because that is a forever ledger, and believe me, people are plenty smart enough to associate your public key to enough information to identify you. So the bottom line is this. If you want to have a functional black market, you've got to work in secrecy. Total secrecy, if possible, but let's just say functional secrecy, which is as much as you can afford. See, that's what security and secrecy is. It's, it's like time energy, money. It's a resource. It's as much as you can afford. Too much secrecy can slow you down. Okay. If you want to have perfect secrecy, you would bury yourself, you know, in a mountain someplace and never leave. But you'd also never do anything because you couldn't talk to anybody. You wouldn't have total secrecy if you did anything at all. So you'd be in a Faraday cage, deep in a cave someplace, maybe with a hundred years worth of food and a parrot for entertainment, maybe some books. But it is not likely you do much in perfect secrecy. So secrecy, security, OPSEC is a resource. You have as much as you have as you want to have. But the more you have, the more it slows you down. The reality is when it comes to things like intelligence about what's going on, um, 
You know, if you want to call it espionage, you can. But when it comes to espionage or intelligence or OPSEC or security and secrecy, you have as much as you can afford to, like everything else. Um, you know, the best crypto algorithms have breaking points because if you use them in a functional way, they become less secret. That's also true. The reality is there is no perfect encryption. RSA is pretty good, but there is no perfect encryption. It doesn't exist because perfect encryption would be nearly impossible to use, probably. Now, people might argue, but what about quantum encryption? And when it happens, it happens. There are some interesting papers on the topic of embedded noise, you know, embedded and synchronized noise. So if you can synchronize noise with entanglement, then quantum encryption might very well become a thing in the near future, but right now it's not. Wow, that was a random topic. Anyways, Jesus came to earth and did many things, but he did teach us how to minister and how to be kind and how to build friendships, how to love. Jesus taught us how to be better people. I'm not saying we are, including yours right here, yours truly. I am not a very good person in a lot of ways, but I can endeavor towards that as a target. And it is something I look to as a, not as a light at the end of the tunnel, but more as a lighthouse, you know. And there is a distinction because part of knowing it's a lighthouse is knowing that you're not in a tunnel. If you're in a tunnel, it's probably not a lighthouse, but you got to know where you're at. You got you to gotta know where you're at and you got to know what time it is. I mean, the thing about that video my friend sent me is it is a message of the time we're in. Jesus taught us that we probably shouldn't kick people in the head if they're planting flowers. I mean, let's say it bothered you that some random person was planting flowers in the street. And also, can I just say right now that it's possible that this kid was mentally ill? Because it it's so completely absurd. It's not something done for a purpose. It's not something done, you know, like the black market. Why would they do that? This is stupid. And homeless people, folks, Actual homeless people mostly don't want to get caught for being homeless. This is not something I think a lot of homeless people would do. But this person could be mentally ill. I mean, the thing about a PSYOP and the kind they're using, it is trauma-based mind control. It is going to push people to the breaking point. And this person could very well be crazy. You still have to ask the question, why are we seeing the video? You do. I'm sorry. At this point in the story, you have to ask that question. If you're just consuming information off the web without any consideration as to the source, I think you need to step back from the, from the internet for a couple days because it's filled with a lot of garbage right now, a lot of fear. They want you to be afraid. I got to tell you, it's entirely plausible that there is something you might and should be prepared for, but they're not going to tell you what it is. What they're giving you is a lot of nonsense to be afraid of. So at least make this choice. Everybody dies. The garbage they're giving you is bullshit. Yeah, 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 tomorrow we might all die. But I'm pretty certain it won't be the monkey herpes. What we ought to do is turn away from this lie, whatever we think the consequences are down the road, because those consequences are simply part of life, whatever they are. And, and nobody in charge today controls that. Nobody.
except for God. And if you don't believe in God, then no one. No. Oh, another rant. Jesus taught us to teach others how to teach. Jesus taught us to teach others how to um, mentor others so that they too can minister. You see, it's not even as simple as Jesus said, go and teach, but we need to teach others to teach. We need to teach others that part of being a Christian is to be a minister, even in a small way. I mean, I'm kind of crap these days, you know, in terms of helping people. And I'm actually receiving far more help than I think I'm helping others. But by the same token, we are called upon to help. You know, we are called upon. I don't mean to go out and, and, you know, corner people in the grocery store and say, you don't believe in God. Okay, no, that's not what Jesus. (laughs) Can you imagine, you know, those hockey players who body check people up against the wall? Can you imagine Jesus like just going into a bar and body checking people um, (laughs) to make them listen? Uh, Yeah, no, I don't think Jesus did that. I think Jesus persuaded people, and I think that's another lesson he taught us, that we should try to be a little bit persuasive, but I don't think he body-checked people, but I I think that would be intriguing. He didn't just teach us how to love. He said, teach others how to teach how to love. He didn't just teach us how to be kind. He said, by your action, you'll teach others, and they will teach others how to be kind. He wanted us to share the wisdom of what the good life is. When you read the Beatitudes, for example, one of the messages of the Beatitudes isn't just, this is good stuff, but the other message is, how do you take this good stuff and plant it in the ground so that it grows? How do we grow love and peace? How do we grow the idea that we don't have to live like monsters and treat each other like monsters? How do we do that? How do we teach others how to teach others how to do that? You know, what time is it? A lot of people think it's 2019 again, you know, make it 2019 again. And it would be great if it was, but I just don't think it is. So, so when we think about this Dr. Freckles quote, let's think of it in terms not of yesterday, but today. We still have time to do some things. There are some things we can do for our neighbors and for each other that are functional. Maybe not a lot, you know? Because I do think they have been lying about something. It's possible it's oops. And if it's oops, man, I think, I think it's, it's going to be the oops heard around the world. But if it's not oops, if they did a PSYOP on purpose for a reason, then the reason's got to be pretty terrible. I'm sorry. I just, I can't imagine it's good news. It could be the collapse of the empire, but, and and that could be, I'm still saying it could be, but man, what a dumb way, you know, to do this. I maybe it's better than a world war, but it looks like they're taking a risk there too. It's just, it looks like a lot of nonsense right now. So maybe it could be oops, but if it's oops, I think a lot of people took it upon themselves to do a lot of incredibly illegitimate bullshit that was murderous and perhaps even a holocaust uh, on the scale of millions killed a genocide maybe not a specific group but just hey the whole human race that's a group 
<laughs> That's not a group, the human race. It ought to be. It ought to be. Next topic. Yeah, we've been talking a while about Scrumbo. About greasy protein. Protein from the sea, Box told us. Box from Logan's Run. Sea greens, protein from the sea. Next topic. We don't need to talk about the robot that froze people escaping from the dome city, the city of dystopian control. You die when you're 30, your crystal turns red. And then you're dead, then you're gone, then all your crack cocaine goes to your ex-wife. Yes, all your really good cocaine goes to your ex-wife. Next topic. Um, this is another quote from Dr. Freckles. Cosmology is religious studies with a shitload of pretense and hubris. What does that mean? There are a lot of concepts in astronomy and physics, um, like the Drake equation. You know, I think it's called the Drake equation where they estimate the number of civilizations in the universe that, you know, might be capable of reaching us with radio communication, the Drake equation. But the Drake equation is, is really just a combination of conjectures, a bunch of assumptions. It could be complete bullshit. There's something called the Fermi paradox. Enrico Fermi built a reactor at the University of Chicago under the football stands, glowing balls. Blowing balls from football, people never complained, neither did their wives. <laughs> yeah, I think under a stadium, good old Enrico kicked up a basic uranium pile of slightly enriched uranium. I think it was in 1941 or 42, I think it could have been 40, but... Anyways, good old Enrico Fermi was involved in the Manhattan Project, the project to build the atom bomb or the fission bombs used to drop on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. One was uranium, little boy. The other was plutonium, fat man on Nagasaki. Yeah, uh, Enrico Fermi worked on the Manhattan Project and he said something interesting. He said, you know, if there are so many intelligent species in the universe potentially and if the universe is really really old wouldn't they have spoken to us already wouldn't they have already arrived now for people that believe that the ufo phenomenon is kept secret 
Enrico's, Enrico's conjecture makes sense because for them, the answer is they have arrived. Chariots of the gods. Read the Bahava Gita. Look at all the mythology. There are UFOs and maybe Jesus came on a spaceship. Yeah, a lot of people believe that. So the Fermi paradox isn't necessarily a paradox to people who believe that contact has been kept secret. Or, or turned into a conspiracy theory for people to make fun of, which is essentially the same thing. But what if you think the UFO stuff is bullshit? Like, I personally do. I'm a Christian, I will tell you. I'm not a flat earther, but I'm also not in anything. I kind of think of cosmology as a belief system with a lot of intricate points to be made, but it's still a kind of belief system. There are things you can say about the universe based upon the evidence we have, but cosmology draws conclusions at a scale that can only best be called conjecture. I'm not saying that they're wrong. The problem is whether it's the multiverse or the Drake equation or a number of other general assumptions is that they really are assumptions. There are many ways to interpret superposition. You don't have to interpret it in terms of all the universes that can be due. There are many ways to interpret that. So the, the conclusions people draw in terms of the multiverse, they, they're, well, they're great Doritos for the brain and they make for great fiction and a great cartoon, Rick and Morty, but the multiverse might be complete bullshit. And if you ask me, I think we're lied to about the nature of space, but that doesn't mean I know the truth. Do I think the earth is flat? No, but then again, I would always be willing to be proven wrong, okay? The thing that's weird is to hold a position and call yourself a scientist and be afraid of being proven wrong. In actual science, you should always check your principles. For hundreds and hundreds of years, everybody knew Isaac Newton was right. For hundreds of years, everybody knew Isaac Newton was a fucking genius. For hundreds of years, Isaac Newton got sole credit for calculus, which was technically wrong. Leibniz deserved a little credit, that monkey fuck. Yeah, um, for hundreds of years, like maybe even almost literally 400 years, but that's not technically true. But for many hundreds of years, for, you know, 300 plus years, the universe was understood in terms of a few others, but also Isaac Newton. And there was much about the fundamental nature of the universe that was totally understood in terms of Newtonian mechanics. And then in the late 19th, early 20th century, optical telescopes got a lot better and they started to see things that looked funny. And some of these things were later proven to be a result of the fact that their telescopes, as good as they were, weren't perfect. But some of them were anomalies. Um, like the mysterious planet Vulcan, which people thought existed but really didn't exist. Um, what Einstein did is he looked at the hundreds of years of trust the science, and believe me, trust the science is not new. People being afraid of new ideas is as old as people having ideas, which means it goes back to the beginning. Whether you think it was 5,000 years ago or a quarter of a million years ago. Whenever human beings first really arrived, okay, whenever we had the first idea, you know, being afraid of new ideas was always an issue because, hey, I just learned that. 
I just learned how to chuck that spear with that lever. And now you're showing me bow and arrow. That's not right. I only had space for my, my cave porno. I'm a caveman. I put porno in my head. I can't share it with you. But I wish I could. Yeah, the, the old monkey man probably wanted to save his brain for his imagina imagination cave porno that was in his head. And he didn't want to have to learn how to use a bow and arrow. Fuck you. New ideas. Fuck you. The internet! <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people are right about the new things. Let's just also say that. You know, sometimes the new things are bad. But sometimes the new things are good and people are just afraid of new things. It is a natural response because often new ideas can be terrible. That's the thing. You know, it's like, hey, let's go drink water from over here. Well, the water's bad. There's a lot of it <laughs> and not a lot of animals alive around it. I mean, there are some dead animals around it, but not a lot of living ones. Maybe we should drink water someplace else, you know, my good old friend Grombo. But Grombo's persistent. He wants the monkey tribe to, to drink some water from the big, big lake lake. He wants to be hero man so he can take over the, the sector of, of hooker monkey women that have sex with Grongo, Grongo the king. So, because even though he has a furry coat... Even though he has a really nice spear tip, he's not, he's considered a beta. So yeah. He finds the big lake lake and ignores all the dead dead around it and says, look at all this water. It's all here, all here for us to drink. <sighs> the thing about cosmology is it impacts us in a big way. You could argue that on a certain level, natural selection is a theory and evolution and evolutionary biology and the theories around it, um, Darwinian natural selection, you could argue, represents also a part of it, if not a cosmology, a significant part of it. You could make that argument. And for a lot of people, it does come down to, can you prove it to be true? I got to say, with respect to genetics and evolution, that I think and believe what most of what I've been told so far is probably true. But I also think it's possible that there are secrets being kept there too. It's hard to say. I mean, people want to believe we live in a free country because we're told that all the time. But if you look around, ask yourself, how free are you? How much knowledge do you really have? You're fed a lot of information, but is, but is it any good? It's like Dr. Freckles says, cosmology is religious studies with a shitload of pretense and a bungload of hubris. And people that try to tell you that they can prove there's a multiverse, no, nobody can prove that as of yet. They might have theories that they think are true and they might have phenomena that they interpret to prove it, but that's still more spurious crap. That doesn't prove Rick and Morty. I mean, the thing about superposition specifically just because you can posit the existence of an infinite number of possible states does not mean it resolves that way. Okay, If it did, the universe would never change. We would be in a constant state of uncertainty. So the idea of uncertainty itself is not bad. It's just the way people interpret it that's wrong. They interpret it, well, therefore, every choice I make creates a different timeline. No, 
I am not God. I mean, in a way, every stupid choice creating another universe would make me kind of like God. Because if you understand the complexity, if you understand the initial conditions, if you think you're that smart and you build a big enough fucking computer, you can make a lot of bizarre, cho bizarre choices. Choices that by themselves would seem so fucking insignificant. And probably a lot of them would involve murder. If we're being honest, that when it comes to these scenarios, murder is the way you deal with a rounding error. No, if a person really could predict the future, or if a person believed in the multiverse, which means they could create the initiating conditions for a different timeline, then really the question is, yeah, which is really the same, like saying creating the future, maybe not your future, but some other future. If you had that kind of power, that would make you like God. It would. Um, it would make you God because in the process of existing, you have created an infinite number of other things that now exist. Now you could say, well, you never had a choice about it. Well, that's fine. But once you exist, and once you become aware and cognizant of all the information that these scientists have given you, and once you've gone through the process of making your predictions about the future, you can go around creating willy-nilly universes here and there. And, and maybe you even figure out a way to contact them. And maybe you even set it up so you really do seem like you're God. You know, in some fucked up way, who knows. But cosmology is religious studies. Next topic, says Dr. Freckles of Sector 14. And we're almost done. Because I was going to talk about Chicken McNuggets, but I think I'm done with McNuggets. I don't know. I wish I had McNugget money, but I don't. But also, I'm kind of glad I'm not eating McNuggets because I don't know what they're made of. I think they might be made of something really scary at this point. But also, I mean, they are tasty. So it is that question, what tasty thing are they killing? Oh my God. No, next topic. So I'm going to talk about minimalism. Because believe it or not, I call myself a hobo. In reality, I'm a minimalist. Um... I prefer, I, I prefer zero government. I would deal with very little. Like, I would be okay with very little government. Government that focused on basically things like murder, rape, and, you know, willy-nilly stealing people's shit. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, you could make an argument where if you need that training wheel, if you're such a shitty person, this is the key, though. If you come to my door for taxes, you'll get the fucking speech. You want the money for the murder. You want the money for the rape. You want the money for the pedophiles. You want the money for the stealing and the arson and all the fucking stupid shit you listed there. I told you 20 things. You get 20 items and then I'll support you. You filled up 20. That's great. But you're going to get the fucking speech. And here's the speech. You want your money for your tiny libertarian utopia. It means that you're such a piece of shit that you cannot just exist with your fucking neighbor. Period. That's the speech. You are a piece of shit. If you cannot treat your neighbor with respect, because that's literally what you're saying. We're not talking about strangers here. Somebody comes from out of town to attack you, you have a right to defend yourself. If you want to have friends in a kind of group, you know, to protect your mutual property, fine. That doesn't mean you get to come on our property. But you can protect your own property. That's your right. 
Um, but creating your own government, I don't know. So you got the speech. You're a shithead. Here's the money. Yeah, I, you might make an argument for minimal government, but I'm not going to talk about government. I'm talking about life. Um, a lot of people are told that inflation is good. Inflation is good. Inflation is good. Part of inflation is good is consumption, and you could argue over consumption. And for, his, for, for all of history, if we're really being brutally honest about the nature of cities, all cities throughout all history have been out of balance with their surroundings. There's never been a case of a city that was in balance. That's why they needed armies, okay? The armies were of necessity because if you could not steal other people's shit, you had to keep your own people under control. The bottom line is the food and the armies and the cities go together. And for most of history, another way to look at cities is they were basically giant toilet bowls. And the nearest plumbing for the giant toilet that is the city is that river or that ocean that it's near. So if you want to give a speech about how it's gotten bad all of a sudden, you're a fucking retard, okay? Cities have been out of balance with the ecosystem since the beginning. I'm not saying they had to be, but I do think that the choice of the kind of, you know, having a government kind of led that way. So when we talk about waste and garbage and pollution, let's just be honest. Humans in cities have been polluters forever. But, but worse than that, we have gotten worse because we've done things like said, oh, everybody should have a green lawn, so let's pour miracle Grow on our lawn. We're told it's perfectly safe, it's made out of minerals. Um, and, and everybody in the city is pouring whatever shit they can on their lawn to have their green lawn. All 250,000 people, more or less. That, that's an exaggeration. But maybe there's 20,000 homeowners all over the city periodically dumping some type of shit on their lawn. And then, and then there comes the rain, and there goes the salmon, and the orca whales are starving to death. You know. Minimalism is a very simple belief. Let me explain what I mean by that. One of the features of being a minimalist is knowing that you don't have a lot of time on the planet. Like basically, you, if you're a minimalist, you know what time it is. Because you know what? You don't have much. You might live to be 100. I read this article about this woman from the Caucasus a, a year or so ago. Supposedly, she was 128 years old. And one of the points she made was is she said she didn't have one happy day in that whole time. I mean, imagine that. We've been fed all this positive mental attitude bullshit. It turns out you should just be from the Caucasus. You know, I've, I've told you that joke about Stalin's mom. When Stalin was in power, there's a joke that Beria, the secret police, the head of the, the NKVD and the KGB, that Beria had, you know, Stalin's mom under house arrest. And the reason is they didn't want her to have another baby. And she was like in her 70s or her 80s. But they didn't want her to have another little baby Stalin. So it turns out people from Georgia and the Caucasus, they just get old and they get angry, they get mean, and they have Stalins for babies. And that's not so good.
If you're a minimalist, you know that life is beautiful, but it doesn't last. Some people get 100 years. Some people get 120. Ray Kurzweil thinks he's going to live forever. I, I, I think that that's probably crazy. I mean, I don't see any evidence that that's even feasible yet, but let's say that were possible. What does that really mean? It means living until the sun explodes, assuming they don't solve that problem. But ultimately, it could mean until the heat death of the universe. Well, great. You get to be there when, when the last little ember turns, turns cold and your battery no longer charges. I mean, that's pretty pathetic. Yeah, that sounds like a shitty life, actually. I could imagine Ray Kurzweil like V'ger from, you know, that, that Star Trek the movie. Remember V'ger? Kirk unit. I mean, I can imagine Ray Kurzweil heading off into the universe, the, the immortal man connected through nanites to his scrotum and his robot. He travels through the universe and he comes back as V'ger, this giant space cruiser, all focused on, you know, probably chicken McNuggets. Minimalism is knowing you only get so much time. And part of it as a Christian is knowing you need to prioritize it. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. I don't think Christ ever said, if you're not perfect, you know, you're doomed. He did ask us not to sin, and that can be hard. But he also said, I forgive you. He did that on the cross. All you have to do is say, I accept that you're my Savior and you are forgiven doesn't mean you get to go around doing bad things. That's another little misinterpretation. But it does mean that we're not going to be perfect because we're not God. And if you want to read a history of, of people that were really, really, really not perfect, read the whole fucking Old Testament. Not parts of it, not the special parts, not, not certain little segments that your specific cult church tells you to read. Read the whole Old Testament, okay? It is many things, but it's also a history of fuck-ups. And then a guy came along who taught us how not to fuck up any longer. Doesn't mean we don't. And it also does mean we need to teach. Anyways, um, we need to prioritize joy. If you're an atheist, okay, and you are like me, you want to live your own life, minimalism means you got to kind of prioritize joy. Um, because, you know, you could own everything, but it's unlikely that you could use everything. It doesn't mean you should be a communist. That's really not my point. But if you're going to spend money, spend money on things that would actually bring you joy. And one of the things that can bring you joy, if you're a person that is in balance with the world around you and your community, one of the things that can bring you joy is to be a, philanthrop a philanthropist. You know, I don't mean like Bill and Melinda Gates. No, they bring people pain and misery. But to be somebody who starts a charity and helps people in their community, that is also a kind of joy that can make your life bigger. You don't have to do that. To be a Christian, you don't have to do that. I am just saying that if you're asking yourself, what will you spend your money on <laughs> other than my podcast, right? Um, there are many things you can do in your world that will bring you joy and, and probably the kind of joy that's just as powerful as any dose of cocaine or any beer 
or any whiskey. I mean, I, I drink, but I'll be honest with you, the joy of doing something constructive with friends and family and neighbors is a powerful kind of joy. It, but not for everyone, okay? And, and again, we're all different. The bottom line, though, is, is that no matter who you are, if you're a hermit, introvert, extrovert, Christian, atheist, you only live so long, and there are only so many things you can do. One of the things I got trapped by in my, in my 30s was this problem of how do I do all the things they say I'm supposed to do? Well, they're going to keep you busy. They're going to keep you on a hamster wheel. That is their goal. They're going to tell you you've got to do a billion different things, and they will make life impossible. The truth is, a lot of people can educate their children. Okay, You don't need a public school. And in the very least, you can work with your neighbors to create cooperative schools. So here's an example of minimalism. You don't have to have a public school. You can work with your neighbors and solve more than one problem at the same time because you can build trust, you can have caretakers who you, you know personally. It isn't some random pedo that got kicked out of some school district. It's your neighbor. And you know what? If your neighbor turns out to be a bad person, that turns out to be an easier problem to solve also. Way easier than the public school system. You can hoard. All the gold, all the silver, all the diamonds. You can hoard every yacht and every spaceship. You could hoard all the planets and you could have giant arms built of neutronium that puts like a hug around all the shit in the universe and say, this is mine. But there is no earthly possibility that you would ever live long enough to use any of it. Maybe some of it, I don't know. But you'll never live long enough to use all of it. I'm not saying you don't have a right to do what I just said. The Lord in heaven gave you free will. If you can figure out a way to take all the shit in the universe and put it in a bucket with your name on it, you feel free. It sounds like a pointless and stupid thing to do and a waste of time. Because guess what? Time is also a resource. Despite all the multiverse time travel bullshit, you only get so much time on planet Earth. Even if you travel through time, your life will only last so long and then you'll be dead. If you travel back to the 17th century, you'll die there. But you will die one day. All of us will. I will, you will. Part of the trick of the PSYOP, of the COVID, is to trick you into believing that that won't happen. Oh, you won't die. We all die. I'm a minimalist in part because there's very few things I feel like I, I need, but I do need them. I'd like to have healthy food. I don't always eat right. I'd like to have, you know, water I can drink that isn't poisonous. It's nice to have air you can breathe that isn't poisonous. And it's nice to have shelter to control the temperature. And beyond that, I like marijuana. So it's nice to have that. And to have enough money to, uh, to, to buy weed is a, is a luxury. And I like to, you know, um, drink beer. So having beer is a luxury. And I would love to have a piece of property in the mountains. And I know that that would cost money. No matter how small I lived, it would still cost money to buy a piece of property in the mountains I'd want to live on. And I'd set up a radio station, and I'd set up my own power supply, and I'd be off the grid and happy. And yeah, I'd go into the city to see how bad things are every once in a while. Like some old coot. Let's go down to the city and get ourselves some grizzly oil. Yeah, I'd go down to the city just to see how fucked up shit is. I mean, that's 
That's, that's cable TV in the future. Go down to the city and see how fucked up things are. In the future, we'll all load up in the wagon once it's been charged, you know, our Tesla wagon, which will really just be a horse towing our Tesla. <laughs> we'll call it the Tesla wagon, powered by the sun, because, you know, plants get their power from the sun and the horse eats the plants. <laughs> right? Powered by the sun. The Tesla wagon, powered by the sun because the horse eats the plants and the plants eat the sun. Yeah, I'm joking. Um, I'm going to go to the last topic, you know, but like I said, I'm a minimalist because it makes life less crazy. Right now, I'm living at a pretty low level. If I could, if I could take it up a level or two, I probably would. But I'm also not living bad. Like right now, if I had the money to pay rent, I would keep doing this for a while. Eventually, I might even get a van. I've been having this dream about finding a Ford van, a Ford van, ideally a dark Ford van, because I just want to keep people away. If you, if it looks like a serial killer van, nobody's going to fuck with it. So maybe dark, but kind of like dented with scratches in the side, maybe some death metal stickers on the outside. That's kind of my, the camo I'm going for. But the engine, make it run on diesel and have a little tow, tow set up so I can tow some type of a trailer. And then set up the inside as a basic bedroom, you know. I'll have a trailer for other things, for the camping gear. So I can live up in the hills someplace once everything becomes Boblimtok. I can be the king of Boblimtok. They'll call me, they'll call me Harry Larry. Because by that time, I won't have shaved for several months. So, Harry Larry. And I'll tell everybody my name's Larry. Yep. No, I, I, I would love to have more. But I don't need everything. I would say that most of the rational minimalists I've met, including people that are entrepreneurs, would say the following. It would be great to have more sometimes. But... Often, if they got to a certain point, they'll say, I have everything I need and a, and a few things I want and, I, and I'm happy. A lot of the really true minimalists, you give them a ton of money, they never end up owning the 20 houses because they figure out that more or less one or two houses is as much as you'd ever want. And, and then they figure out, well, wait a minute, what do I do? What can I rationally do with my resources? I've achieved the joy I need. Really, I have, because there isn't more I would get by owning every ski boat. What can I do? Another thing to say before we leave minimalism is that there is a connection between minimalism, Austrian thinking, and being opposed to things like communism and Keynesianism. Because communism and Keynesianism will convince you that scale does not exist. Or, or even worse, that everything can scale up. And the reality is that's not true. Some things find a natural scale, and that's just how they work. That's why you should leave things the fuck alone. You don't know better, okay, than the economy. You don't know better than the people. Everybody has a right for their own choices. And if you want a free market, you've got to stop fucking with it. Keynesians 
hate minimalism because minimalists would tell you you don't need to buy a new thing every day. They would say, what do you need to be happy? Figure that out. And if you're not happy, here's what a minimalist will say. No amount of shit is going to solve that problem. You need to figure out why you're not happy. If I had figured out in my 30s the real source of my unhappiness, I think my life would be different today. But I couldn't. I was, I was completely closed to it. A lot like the guy who says, I know how to throw a spear, and I know how to use that handle that gives me leverage. Why are you teaching me about a bow and arrow? This is stressful. So I am a minimalist. I'm not saying I'm the, a perfect minimalist, but in terms of stuff I have, it's mostly stuff I have that I need or I want and I will use. If I ever get stuff I won't possibly use and I don't need, I tend to give it away because there's something kind of flawed about thinking that it makes more sense to hoard it. Now that being said, you can hoard all the shit you want to. I believe in a free world. If you want to build a castle someplace and stack it full of Nintendos, you have every right to. I don't think that will ever fill a void in your heart, but if you want to fill a void in a castle, that's your fucking money, baby. But don't create an economy around that, okay? Don't create an economy that fuels that kind of bullshit. You don't have a right to do that for everybody. You don't have a right to make everyone like you or to create circumstances where it makes sense to behave that way. Especially when it comes to shelter, which is something everybody fucking needs. It's not a want. You need shelter. Otherwise, in many parts of the world, you'll, you'll either freeze to death or you will die from heat exhaustion, which is pretty much becoming one of those choices. If you hear a drip, drip, drip in the background, it's coming from something that, it's not a big deal, but something I'm working on. I'm distilling proto-cocaine from hyper-cocaine. I found a source of crocodile down the road in an alleyway. I talked to a monkey priest about traveling to Venus. He said I don't have enough money to pay for the fare. I said, I don't want to go to the rodeo, buddy. Don't you know you fuck fair means ticket, you fuck? Yes, indeed, it's Thursday, January the 13th, almost 2 p.m. because I've been bloviating for more than 75,000 boblimtok. I should probably make some type of grombion and shove it down my splinktus pipe. If I had a few bucks, I'd probably go get McNuggets. No, I won't. Here's the deal. If you've taken care of your food, water, shelter, if you've taken care of the people you love, um, if you've done the things you need to prepare for potentially a year where getting any food could be hard, and you've done all those things, and you're ready for the possibility, an optimistic possibility, that we are looking at the collapse of the dollar and the empire around it, and that's the best case scenario, if you've done all those things to prepare, and you have extra money, and you want to donate to this podcast, 
the link will be in the notes and in the message on Anchor. The link will be there. It's up to you. You are not required to donate to me. Um, you're not required, period. Could I use the money? Who the fuck couldn't, baby? I mean, if you've been selling cocaine to the Clintons down in Mena, Arkansas, if you've been teleporting gunctus grease between Dimension 3 and Dimension 16, if you got extra scroton in your pocket someplace, extra blinket cubes from Probleon 9, if you've been traveling through space making money, you can send it to me, but you don't want to use honey. There's a link. It's PayPal. You can. You don't have to. I honestly don't know what to say. It's like, I'm not really sure podcasts are going to matter in the near future. It doesn't mean there won't be something else that I could do with my spare time. It just means that I won't be doing this. I mean, it's possible we could be doing it on radio. There's a lot of things we're looking at there, but I'm of the mind that this overly complicated, completely ridiculous, absurd civilization that they built around principles like communism and Keynesianism is about to implode. Um, and and it, things that cannot go on won't. I mean, that's kind of like, that's how that works, really. That doesn't tell us what's coming, but if you think there's going to be, you know, UN ships and UN troops, I think you've been swallowing the Alex Jones Kool-Aid. I think what's coming is going to be a lot of chaos in some places, cities especially. But anywho, if you have the money and you want to donate, you can. I will use it on food, water, shelter to the extent that I am able, okay? My rent is about 500 bucks a month. Um, it would be great to pay for January somehow, but I don't know who's got the money for that. Whatever you have. And if you've already paid, please don't again, because if you need the money, you need the money. You've got kids, you've got friends, you have neighbors. It's entirely plausible there are other people in your life that could use help right now. I am talking about the guy selling cocaine or the woman who's, you know, you know what she's doing. I'm kidding. The woman selling cocaine. Could be man, could be woman, could be any gender. I'm talking about the, the wranglers and the rascals and the trumpeters and the stevedores and all the crazy musketeers out there in the alleyways making a buck. If you feel like you've got so many stacks of gold that you'd like to send a little my way in the form of PayPal, then you can feel free. Send me a billion dollars. I will use on hookers. I will use on cocaine. I'll get them to Mars with, with moon bonds. I'll create a moon bond corporation. I will create a bond for every piece of property on the moon. A derivative, really. I mean, will you really own the space on the moon? That'll be a question for the 25th century. Not for me. I'll be, I'll be in Cabo having sex with hookers. Hookers with crabs. Crabs from Egypt. Yes, hookers with crabs, crabs that come from Egypt. That's what I'll be doing in Cabo with my moon bond money.
Yes, I'll be in Cabo with my hookers and my moon bond money, and I'll be doing my thing. I hope you have a great rest of your Thursday.